0: Uh, I'd like to have all the kids come up, if they would. We're going to have a story sermon today. I'm going to try to revert back to my uh, youth minister days of 40-some years ago and uh, see if we can uh, just kind of share a story together that I'm hoping will set the course for our week of vacation Bible school. And it helps if you kids are up here. So I can see your smiling faces, and I can bounce off of you a little bit this morning. So thank you guys for coming up. All right. All right. Well, the story we're going to tell obviously is tied into the theme of Vacation Bible School. And the story opens with a man named Jacob, who is also known as Israel. And Jacob had 12—I don't have 12 fingers— But he had 12 sons, all right? And uh, he literally became the father of the nation of Israel. And he wasn't a perfect dad. He had his mistakes when he was younger. He had his mistakes throughout his life. And and even as a father, he messed up just a little bit. Because when you have 12 kids, you've got to treat them all right. Isn't that right? You want to treat them the same. Well, he didn't do that. He had a favorite. His next to youngest son, named Joseph, was his favorite. And he let everybody know it. In fact, he went out and bought his son the fanciest coat he could find. And I think on the back of it, it said, favorite. And the coat was spectacular. You would think it's something that a king would wear. And Joseph was pretty proud of it. He strutted around in front of his brothers wearing his fancy coat, and they were really jealous. In fact, they, they began hating him, especially when he wasn't that nice to them. He, he had a reputation for being a tattletale. You know what a tattletale is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever his brothers would do something wrong, he'd go run into his daddy and say, Hey, guess what Judah did? Guess what Simeon did? And so the brothers really did not like Joseph. And then he was always wearing that fancy coat. And they liked him even less. And then it got worse. He was a teenager. And you know how teenagers are. Well, he was about 17 years old. And he had a dream one night. He couldn't wait to tell his brothers about it. The next morning around the breakfast table, he says, Hey, guys, I had the neatest dream last night. Listen, this is really cool. We, we were all out in the field working together. And we were cutting down wheat and we were making it into little stacks, you know, and, and, and my stack got bigger than your stacks. It went way up high. And, and then all of your stacks of wheat, they bowed down to mine. Isn't that cool? The brothers go, Joe, Joe, what are you doing? I, we know you're daddy's favorite and you think we're going to bow down to you? No, 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 no. That's never, never going to happen. Well, a couple days later, Joe had another dream around the breakfast table again. He said, hey, guys, had another dream. You want to hear about it? And they said, no. He said, you're going to hear about it anyway because it's a good one. It's a good one. You see, I, I, was, I was standing out all by myself. And the sun and the moon and the stars all bowed down to me. Isn't that cool? And, of course, his brothers are going ballistic. They're just going crazy. Even dad says, Joe, you shouldn't talk like that. Do you really think me and and, and your, your stepmom and, and all your brothers and everybody in the whole world is going to bow down to you? Joe said, well, that's what I dreamt. Hmm. Well, things weren't really good in the household. And uh, one day, dad had sent... The other boys out to the field to look after the, the sheep. And Joe got to stay home and play video games and, you know, everything that the favorite gets to do all the time. And uh, finally, Dad said, you know, I haven't seen your, your brothers for a while. Why don't you go check on make sure they're okay, make sure the sheep are okay. And Joe said, sure, Dad, I'll, I'll do it, whatever you want. I'm your favorite. I'll be glad to do it. So Joe heads off out to the field and gets out there and nobody's out there he's wandering around the field trying to find where his brothers are. And, and somebody happens to see him and comes up and says, Hey, Joe, what, what you doing out here? He says, Oh, I'm looking for my brothers. They're out here somewhere. And he says, Oh, no, no, no. They've gone on another field. It's quite a ways away, but you can find them just heading that direction. Joe said, Okay. All right. So he takes off heading to his brothers. Well, everybody can see him because he's got what? A fancy coat on. I mean, that thing just glowed. All right. And his brothers were out in this field and they saw Joe coming. And one of them said, look in there. There's that dreamer. Man, I hate him. The other one said, yeah, me, too. Yeah, me, too. All of them said that. Most of them. And one of them said, you know, what we ought to do. We ought to kill him. Now, that's kind of harsh. We ought to kill him, and, and, and we'll just tell dad that some wild beast ate him up. How's that sound? And the oldest brother said, "Yeah, that's not a good idea. We shouldn't be killing our brother. I know You said to kill him and throw him in one of these empty pits here. Why don't we just put him in the pit? And see, he was planning to come back that night and get him out of the pit. And they said, oh, okay, whatever you want, Reuben. So... In comes Joe. He's all excited. He's strutting his stuff, you know. And they see him and they say, come on, dreamer. And they beat him up. They tore his coat off of him and they threw him in the pit. Well, Reuben, he, he went checking out some sheep somewhere. And the rest of them were all sitting around the, the lunch, uh, roasted hot dogs, I suppose. And and uh, there's no pork in them. And, <laughs> and, and uh, chicken, chicken dogs, chicken dogs. And uh, they're, they're all having lunch and... and uh, Judah looks over and he says, whoa, what's that? He says, there's a camel. Uh, whoa, there's a whole bunch of camels. It's a whole caravan of slave traders and merchants heading to Egypt. Hmm, you know, if we kill Joe, we're not going to get anything out of it. But if we sell him, we can get some money out of this deal. He said, oh, good idea. So as the traders came close, they went and said, Hey, we got a really nice slave we'd like to sell you. You can take it into Egypt. And they said, Sure. They gave him 20 pieces of silver to buy Joseph. And away they went. Well, a little later that day, Reuben came looking for Joe down in the hole, and he wasn't there. And he hollered, and he said, Oh, my goodness, where's Joe? And they said, Well, we sold him. He said, What am I going to tell Dad? I said, Well... Let's, let's just take his coat and 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 we'll we'll kill a goat and we'll dip it in blood and we'll take it and say, Daddy, look what we found. Is this Joe's? It said Joe on it. And they said, okay. So they took it to Dad, and when he saw it, he immediately knew it was his son's coat, and he started wailing, and he said, Oh. My son, my son, what's happened to my son? He's been eaten by a beast. And nobody could comfort him. All of his boys and all of his girls and everybody tried him. And he said, I'm going to go to the grave crying for my son. Well, that's what's going on in Canaan. Well, Joseph is where? He's in Egypt, okay? He gets into Egypt and they put him on the slave market. And the captain of Pharaoh's guard, a man named Potiphar, he bought Joseph and took Joseph into his home. And Joseph began serving Potiphar, taking care of all of his needs and cleaning his house and fixing his food and and started paying his bills and filling out the checkbook and, and buying stuff. Before long, it was obvious that God was blessing Joseph and therefore blessing the whole house of Potiphar. And Potiphar thought, this is pretty cool. And he put Joe in charge of everything. And Joe took care of everything. And all that Potiphar had to worry about was what he was going to eat. I mean, what a life. He's like a retired guy. And uh, he's just eating, having a good time, eating bonbons, and, and, and uh, Joseph doing all the work. Things are going really good. A couple years went by. Then a problem arose because... Uh, Potiphar's wife, she really liked good-looking guys, especially ones that were ripped, you know, like Mark, okay, yeah, and uh, Joseph was a really good-looking guy, and in fact, she was known not as Mrs. Potiphar, but as Mrs. Pot of Fire, yeah, 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 and one day she saw Joseph and she was over there and she said, hey, Joe, come here. Come with me to my bedroom. Joe goes, no, wait a minute. I can't do that. Potiphar's put me in charge of his whole house. He's me with everything. How, how could I do that against him? And, and I definitely cannot sin against God. God says, I can't do that. He's in a foreign country. No one's going to know if he does anything wrong except God and Joe. And Joe says, no way. So he walks out. Well, day after day after day, old Mrs. Potiphar was after him. She was stalking him. She was setting up video cameras. She was doing everything she could to get a look at his body. And she was really whacked. One day, he comes into the room and nobody else is there she sneaks out and she grabs him and hangs on to his sleeve. And Joe goes, oh, and he just, whew, he slipped out of his coat and ran. And she was left there hanging on to this coat. She thought, now what am I going to do? So he started yelling, help, help, help. The other servants came running in. She says, that Hebrew slave, he tried to take advantage of me. And, 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 and. He was taking his clothes off. And see, here they are. And I scared him away. And she just sat there, quivering, making everybody think that she was the victim. Well, when Potiphar got home, you know what she said. And Potiphar was really mad. He couldn't believe that Joe did that, but she said it. He believed it. And so he threw Joe in the prison. There was a jail, like a, down in the basement where they would keep the the king's prisoners. And threw Joseph in there. He'd done nothing wrong. Now he's been in a a cold, dark, dingy prison because he had done what was right. And he wouldn't disobey God. But God was still with him. God continued to bless him. And pretty soon, Joe was taking care of the other prisoners. And they began to notice that. And the, the, the jailer, he thought, hey, this is cool. I can do what Jaders is supposed to do i 'll just work out and eat at night i won't have to watch out for any of these 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 criminals i 'll let uh, Joe take care of it and so Joe took care of everybody. well, back in the palace, there was a problem. the chief baker and the cup bearer to Pharaoh. Now, the cup bearer is someone who brings him his, you know, Coca-Cola and his his uh, milk and his grape juice. Okay? And the baker makes all of his goodies that Pharaoh and Steve. Well, somehow, Pharaoh got mad at both of them and threw them in the jail. For no reason other than he just was mad at them. Well, they're in the same jail where Joe is, and Joe takes care of them. Joe helps them. He befriends them. One day he comes in and, and he notices that they're all sad. Can you make a sad face? Come on, I'm going to see a sad face. That's a good one. Come on, a really sad face. Come on, I'm going to see a sad face. Oh, that's a really oh, good one. All right. Well, Joseph noticed that both the cupbearer and the baker had sad faces on that day. And he went over and he said, guys, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they said, we both had weird dreams last night. And we don't know what they mean. And we can't get out of jail to go, to go, you know, pay $10 to have somebody tell us what our dream means. And and, and we're really worried. And Joe said, well, hey, God can tell you what your dreams mean. You tell me what your dream was. And I'll ask God to let me know what it means. I said, cool. So the cupbearer, he said, I'll, I'll start. He said, I was, was uh, out in the yard. And all of a sudden, this vine grew up. Kind of like... Oh, what, what's jack and the Beanstalk? And And this vine grew up and had three branches on it. And while I was watching, buds appeared on the branches. And then flowers appeared on the branches. And then bunches of grapes were there. And, and I still had the cup that I used to give to the uh, Pharaoh. And, and I took it out there and I squeezed some juice in it. And that was my dream. Joe said, well, that's an easy one. Three branches mean in three days, you're going to get your old job back. Pharaoh is going to forgive you. He's going to lift your head up and honor you. He says, "Cool." And Joseph says, "One thing though, you know, when you're back in the palace, would you tell Pharaoh about me? You know, I don't deserve to be here. I've done nothing wrong. I, I was taken captive, uh, kidnapped, and brought here. Will you tell him that I'm here?" Oh, sure, sure, sure. And then the baker said, Oh, I got, I got my dream to tell. I can't wait to hear what mine's all about and, and find out what it means. And Joe said, Okay. The baker said, Well, I was walking through the street, and I had three baskets on my head. Now, they used to carry their baskets. I don't know how they did it, but on their head. And two baskets had bread, and the top basket had donuts in it. And he said, I was walking along, and birds flew in and started eating the donuts. What in the world does that mean? Joseph said, well, well hmm. three baskets means in three days, something's going to happen. In three days, your head's going to be lifted up. Now, when he said that to the cupbearer, that was a good thing. It's was like, whoo, I'm proud again. He says, your head's going to be lifted up, and Pharaoh's going to hang you on a tree. And you're going to hang there until birds come and eat your flesh. Buzzards are going to eat you. That's a horrible dream. Horrible dream. But that was the dream. Well, in three days, it was Pharaoh's birthday. And Pharaoh wanted a big birthday party, so he got all of his servants. And he said, I I even want the ones in in jail to come help with my party. And so the cupbearer and the baker came. They all got involved in, in this big party for Pharaoh. And the cupbearer, he was taking around all the soda pop and Kool-Aid and whatever else they were drinking. And Pharaoh said, you're doing a good job. You're hired again. I'm sorry. You're my chief cupbearer. Well, the baker, apparently he messed up somehow. Maybe, maybe he didn't make the birthday cake chocolate. I don't know. He did something that Pharaoh got really upset about. And Pharaoh said, hey, baker. You're gone. They took him out. What did they do to him? Hung him on a tree. Just exactly what his dream had said. Well, it seems that the uh, cupbearer forgot to tell Pharaoh about Joe. Two years passes, and Joe's still down in that smelly old prison. After two years, Pharaoh had an interesting night. He was dreaming in the middle of the night, and he had this weird, weird dream. He up, he was standing by the Nile, and that's, that's the Nile River right there. And he said he was standing by the Nile, and something crawled out of the river. And it wasn't that crocodile. It was a cow. In fact, there were seven cows. Big, fat, beautiful cows came out of the river. And they were munching All the grass and the cattails along the river. And then seven more cows came out of the river. Well, they were skinny and ugly and nasty looking. And they stood there. And the next thing they did is the skinny cows looked at the fat cows and ate the fat cows. Got up, went to the bathroom, went back to bed. Started dreaming again. He dreamt that out in the field, all of a sudden this corn stalk started growing. Big corn stalk. And usually a corn stalk has how many ears, Paul? One. One? That's a lot of work for one ear of corn. Yeah. Well, this one had seven ears of corn. Big humongous ears of corn. The kind that, that you sell seed for. Okay? Alright, yeah. And, 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 they, and they looked great. and wow, that was cool. Well, then another corn stalk came up. And it had seven ears on it, too. But they were nasty looking. They were all shriveled up and worms had been eating them and, and, and they were disgusting. And here we have two corn stalks. And pretty soon, this ugly, nasty looking corn stalk leans over and guess what it does? It eats them. How in the world that happened? I have no idea. But the ears of corn opened up like that and go doop, 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 and ate the other corn. <sighs> Pharaoh woke up and goes, Wow, whoa, how weird is that. How weird is that. So he called for all of his magicians and his wise men and said, Tell me what this means. And they're going, We have no idea. And and, and so he said, Oh, I need some breakfast. And and, and he called for his cupbearer to come in. And he brought his morning coffee. And, and, and uh, he overheard what was going on. And the cupbearer said, oh, wait a minute. I really don't want to mention this, but you remember two years ago, you know, you threw me in jail? Yeah. Well, when I was there, both me and the baker had a dream. And, and, and there was a, uh, a Hebrew guy living down there in, in, in jail. And he told us what the dream meant. And they came true. Send for him. And Pharaoh said, yeah. So he gave orders for Joseph to be brought up to him. And, and of course, Joseph had to clean himself up. You know, his beard had grown, and, and he looked really gruff. Cleaned him all up, put on some uh, clean clothes, and went before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, I understand you can tell me what dreams mean. And Joseph said, no, no, no. Only God can do that. But, you know, if God is trying to tell you something, maybe God will tell me, and I can explain it to you. So, what's your dream? Well... Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams. And he goes on to expand it just a little bit. He said, you know, the, the skinny, ugly cows ate up the fat cows, but the skinny cows never got any fatter. And they were uglier than they were before. And he says, those, those, those scrawny ears of corn ate up the fat ears of corn, and they didn't get any bigger. They still look nasty. And, and I don't know what it means. And Joseph said, okay, I think God's got a message for you. And the message is, there's going to be seven years where you're going to have lots of fat cows. That's a good thing, okay? And you're going to have plenty of grass and plenty of hay. You're going to have plenty of corn. You're going to have lots of great crops for seven years. The government's not going to have to give you anything extra, you know. Insurance is going to have to pay a dime. It's going to be great, all right? But then after seven years, the toilet it goes. No rain, heat in 100 degrees, everything's going to shrivel up, your cows are going to get all skinny, and it's going to be bad news. And I think what God is trying to say is that for the seven years that are good years, you ought to be saving some corn back, some wheat back, so you have something when you don't have anything. And And, and I think you should should impose a temporary tax of 20%. That ought to take care of it. And, and whenever they grow something, you take 20% and, and build these special bins that will store up the, the grain. And then at the end of the seven years, when everything has gone, then we'll have food to eat. I think you need to find someone who's wise and, and smart and, and, and put him in charge of that. And Pharaoh said, that's a great idea, but where can I find somebody that's smart? And then Pharaoh goes, oh, how about you, Joe? Joe goes, okay. Well, the king did. The king gave him his ring. The king put gold chains around his neck. The king gave him fancy clothes. He put him in a limousine. And he told everybody to bow down whenever Joseph came by. Now, you remember Joseph's dream? The sun, moon, the stars, the whole world bowing down to him. His dream was coming true. Well, Joseph did a great job. He, he started taking all the grain, and, and then he made a really wise decision. He married the preacher's daughter. Smart man. He married the preacher's daughter. And, and she gave him two beautiful boys. Life was good. Things are going great. Everybody was happy. But at the end of seven years, what happens? No food. Nothing's growing. And so everybody in, in Egypt started saying, Hey, Joe, we need some food. And, and and he would sell it to them. Gave them the food they needed. For two years, they were eating. The rest of the world was starting to starve. And back in Canaan, Jacob and his ten sons, his ten other sons or Eleven, I guess. Eleven other sons. They were starving. And Jacob said, hey, uh, I hear there's food in Egypt. Why are you guys hanging around here? Go buy some food for us. And sent ten of his sons. He didn't send the youngest one because since Joseph was gone now, Benji was his favorite. Benji was his little little brother and, and his youngest son. He said, I want Benji to stay here. You ten older ones, you go to Egypt, buy some food for us. So they take off. They get to Egypt. They don't know where they're supposed to go. They ask around. They find they're supposed to go to Joseph's house. They get in there, and here's this, this guy who's all, he looks like the king himself. He's got rings on. He's got chains on. He's, he's sitting on kind of a throne. And they walk in, and they all bow down to him. Ah, just what he dreamt. They all bow down to him. And Joseph knew who they were, but they didn't think that was Joe. I mean, why would you think it's your brother that you've thrown in a pit sitting on the throne? And they said, uh, uh, we've, we've, we've come to, to, to buy food. And Joseph kind of toyed with them. He said, no, no, you're a bunch of thieves or spies. You, you've, you've come in here to, to spy the land. And, and and No, 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 we're honest men. We're, we're all brothers. We have the same dad. They're, they're, Joseph said, yeah, tell me more. I said, well, there were, there were 12 of us. One of them, yeah, he's no longer with us. And, and the youngest one, he's at home. But there are 10 of us, and, and we've come to buy food. And Joseph said, no, 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 no. You're a, bunch of, you're a bunch of spies. And he threw him in the jail for three days. And then he brought him out, and he said, hmm, i tell you what. You said you had a brother back home? Why don't I keep one of you here and send the rest of you back to get your brother? And bring him here so I'll know you're telling the truth. Well, they went back. Of course, Dad didn't want Benji to go. They convinced him. Eventually, Benji came with them back. Joseph saw them. He's crying. Not letting anyone know who he is yet. They have a banquet. They have all kinds of things. And eventually, eventually, Joe says... I'm your brother. Freaks them out. They're thinking, oh, my goodness. What we did to you? Joseph said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, you didn't really send me here. God sent me here. I came before you guys so I could prepare a place for you to come and food for you to eat. Not to save your family. So go, go back and, and, and get dad and, and bring everybody and, and come live here in Egypt with us. Well, they did that. They all came back. Now, Dad was 130 years old by then. So they had a special cart, you know, wheelchair for him to come on. And and they they got him there. and, And, of course, he was just overwhelmed that his son was alive. And they spent 17 years, Jacob did, living in the land of Egypt with 70. There were 70 Israelites. And from that group of 70, 400 years later, we have a million Israelites in Egypt. And that's another story, okay? Whew. But this story ends when Jacob is about ready to die. He blesses all of his sons, and then he says to, to his son Joe, he said, Joe, I don't want to be buried here in Egypt. I don't want to be in one of those things. I'm going to be in a cave back in Canaan. He says, Promise me, promise me when I die. You'll send me there. Joe said, okay. He said, okay. And his daddy died. And in Egypt, you know, they they make mummies, okay? They, they wrap you all up, and they dry you all out, and all that kind of stuff. They spent, what was it, 40 days getting Joseph ready, or, or not Joseph, Jacob ready. And, you know, it just dawned on me that something kind of funny happened there. Do you realize that Joseph... Made a mummy out of his daddy. Oh, well. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. (laughs) I just thought that last night. Wasn't that good? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, they took him back to Canaan. They buried him. And... uh, Then the boys, on the way back to Egypt, started worrying. They said, you know, Dad's gone. I bet Joe really wants to get even with us for what we did to him. And he didn't do anything because Dad was here. And so they went before Joe and they said, Joe, Dad told us that he wanted you to forgive us. And Joe said, not a problem. Don't worry about it. You thought you were doing evil to me, but God was using that for good. You thought you were ruining me, but God was using me. And God will do that. I trusted Him no matter where I was. Whether I was in the pit, I was in the palace, I was being tempted, I was was in the jail. I trusted that God was with me. And I obeyed Him. I, I did what I knew He wanted me to do. When no one was watching and I could have sinned and nobody found out, I knew that God saw me. And so I obeyed God. I did what He wanted. I trusted and I obeyed. Joseph was a great man. Great man. Because he trusted the Lord and he obeyed the Lord. And this week at Vacation Bible School, I want you guys to get to know Joseph really well. You're going to be hearing more stories about him. You're going to see him. You're going to go into prison with him. It's going to be really cool, okay? But I want you to remember, here's a guy who trusted in the Lord and who obeyed him. We can be like Joseph if we'll trust and obey. And if you're here this morning and you need to let God know, That you're willing to trust him and obey him. We would like for you to come up and let that be known. Let it be known that you trust him enough to die with him and to be buried. Not in a, whatever that thing is, a pyramid. Buried in a a watery grave. So you can come up and rise like Jesus did. Demonstrating how much you trust him and how much you obey him. That's the story, and I hope you remember it. This week, I want you to learn it, okay? All right, kids, you can go back, and Mom, Dad, let's all stand up and sing, Trust.